how do you absorb that shift, rapid shift in your assumptions, such that you then pivot your business model and meet the needs of the customers? Hey, welcome to the Consultant on the Coach podcast. Eric here with Josh. We are so excited to bring and talk a little bit of reality slash truth. Hey, this is a great episode. Look forward to hearing what you have to say about it. Well, welcome to another episode of The Consultant and the Coach. Josh here with Eric today where we are helping leaders along the journey by staying grounded in reality. Eric, what do you think about that? How are you today? Uh, yeah, I'm having more reality than typical today. <laughs> Is that good or bad? <laughs> it's a good reality. Sometimes today. I like to uh, not uh, live in reality. Quick tangent, I had the most amazing HR conversation with a team member of mine about reality in the workplace in terms of HR. That sounds great. And just what it looks like today and maximizing things. So yes, that's where my head was when you just asked that question. And are we going to get into that now or is that a teaser for later? Maybe, okay. maybe. All right. What are we talking about today, man? Well, that's great. Well, we're talking about reality, and as, as we always like to do, start off with a scripture. Uh, for those of you following along, Romans 12, 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And I think that connects to what we're talking about, because in business, um, it requires a deep understanding of what is true and right, and the same thing in faith, and when we're leading our families and communities and businesses really testing and understanding what is true and right and real around us, right? Mm -hmm. I think the danger that we were talking about <clears throat> is the likelihood that, you know, so easy in culture today to get either too pessimistic or too optimistic and, and lose our grip on real stuff around us. And I think we're going to talk just about what it means as leaders to try to stay grounded and be able to lead our teams well, because if we are not grounded, then our teams will flounder as well. Now, when we say reality, what, what's what's the definition of reality? I hear that all the time, because whether I hear it from a 12-year-old or different adults, reality can mean different things. So what when you say reality, what do you mean, Josh? Yeah. So um, we can probably both opine on that a little bit. So I think there's a couple of ways to view it. You know, there's there's positive reality, there's negative reality, there's things, there's, there's this, basically it's the foundational set of truths on which we set our lives, our businesses, and we have, there are some things that we continue to test and check and see and has reality shifted, you know, um, from a, there's, and there's several dimensions to that, right? There's spiritual dimensions, there's family relationship dimensions, there's business dimensions. You know, I think a, a simple example is in business, you know, you may build a business plan and you make assumptions and those assumptions are based on certain realities that you believe to be true. And if those things turn out to not be true, your business plan falls apart. Right? Yeah, you either build, have sales or you don't. You or do. I'm just recently going over my P&L numbers for the quarter. Mm -hmm. I can't say, well, I'm even though the balance sheet says this, I think it should be this. No, the reality is it is what it is. Well, and also, you know, looking at several business models, those are not permanent or static, mm -hmm. right? So those those in themselves are not eternal, right? So there's an eternal reality, but then there's also like a daily reality that we've talked about. And I think the um, one of many examples is Blockbuster, right? Blockbuster video, for those of you who remember, booming business, renter videos, stores everywhere, and they lost their sight of reality of how Netflix was beating them to the punch, not just on mail-in, mail videos, mail DVDs, 
but then also got to digital and streaming and, and sort of the business model shifted with the changing reality or landscape. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, helping and talking about business leaders, trying to both stay connected to that reality and translate that for their teams and what that means in the business perspective is critical. Mm-hmm. And I love the scripture that you picked out because obviously we're talking the renewal of our mind, but we renew our minds by testing. Mm-hmm. I can't just say, hey, I'm going to, um, I think this plane's going to fly. You have a test flight. Why? Because sometimes there's old planes like the Spruce Goose that didn't fly. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And there was a test. I mean, technically it flew like 400 meters. But, and this is where in business and in family and in leadership, we test our beliefs. Does Mm -hmm. it fly? Yep. Well, and in business, that's true, too, when, when I've done a lot of product market fit work with clients and sort of this concept of what's called a minimally viable product, right? And, and some people get really nervous about that in high-risk industries because they don't want to have a product that doesn't work. At the same time, and from a technology perspective, it's this idea of what's the minimum you can invest in something to find out if it's actually viable or mm-hmm. not, right, from a market perspective. And sometimes that takes creating, being incredibly creative with how you actually test your biggest hypotheses uh, without actually investing in the full development cycle of a product or a service um, and figuring that out. Oh, absolutely. And we're thinking of uh, starting another store for our business and I'm doing the same thing. What's the reality? I, 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 think, it, I think it's going to look good, but I know when we launch, what's our burn rate? What if the reality is not what I thought it was. Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing, whether you're opening a retail store or inventing a product mm-hmm. and bringing it to market. Yep. Um, there's a lot of things to consider. And sensitivity analysis too. Mm-hmm. Like how much can you be wrong and still be okay? Yeah. Right. Based on your understanding, like how much do you have, do you have 5% wiggle room, 25% wiggle room, you know? Um, <clears throat> the other thing that, uh, you know, again, working with reality is, is trying to understand, you know, we, we could talk a little bit about this today, but new markets and new spaces around um, how to apply a product to new uses, which is always interesting to figure that out. Um, now, I, I love what you say here. You know, you're like, what's the what of this? It's like, what can happen positive and negative regarding reality? So mm-hmm. let's just talk in terms of business and bringing things to fruition. I think some people are way too positive. Mm-hmm. Some people on the other side are way too negative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do, how do you deal with that? When Do you always encounter positive uh, clients that you work with? No. Um, no. no, not at all. Um, how do you approach it? You know, I think that I have found, as a consultant at least, my role is to help to balance whatever the mood of the key client I'm working with, that key leader and or the key team. So, so there are teams and individuals with a strong, um, I would say, proclivity towards one end or the other, right? They're pretty extreme, especially entrepreneurs, pretty extreme individuals in terms of they're driven, they have a different view on the world. Um, many times entrepreneurs are highly optimistic. You have to be, yeah. right, to build a business from nothing, right? A good friend of mine, you know, basically said that you are fighting every every imaginable force in the business and real world is fighting against starting a business. Like everything is stacked against you to start a business. And so, um, to do that, you have to be highly optimistic. So what I find in those situations, my, my role is to sort of not be a pessimist, but to help infuse data and reality into their minds to help them balance their decision-making so that it's not 
unrealistically positive, mm-hmm. right? The other time, I'll also encounter teams, especially in large institutions, who are just negative because they've been sort of beaten down by the grind in the corporate <laughs> environment. And I work with them to, to help them to know, actually, we can be a little more positive um, by focusing on the right, again, the data, right? And being very data-centric and customer-centric in the way that we think about um, whatever the work or the product of, of the group might be. Mm-hmm. And from a coaching perspective, I would say part of that what as well too, and you alluded to it, is I would say a hope is an aspect of reality. Now I'm mm-hmm. talking future reality. And so some people just get bogged down in whatever it happens to be. But you have to have hope that things will get better. And so now you have to test that later on. But sometimes if you have a project that's going to take you 6, 12, 24 months that you're working towards, what's the hope? But then it can't be like touchy-feely, we'll mm-hmm. just pray about it and never test it. Yep. Coming back to Romans 12 too. You have to have hope and then test what you have. It's a both and. Yeah, no, definitely both and. I was going to share a funny story. I've been working uh, for a while with a medical device client, and of course, I'm not going to say who it is, but um, we did a ton of work to understand and value potential markets for them in the neighborhood of several billion dollars for this market of this particular product because it had several use cases in several industries in several valuable ways. Um. And then we went, actually went out and built the go-to-market strategy. We decided for lots of reasons the veterinary industry was where we were going to start because it was an obvious fit. There was an immediate need. There was fewer hurdles from a regulatory perspective. Um, we found particular key opinion leaders. We went to, uh, to talk about our product. We were able to go to shows. We were able to generate interest by having lots of uh, people want to use our product. We actually outstripped, I would say, our ability to meet the demand from a manufacturing perspective, um, which was great up until the fact that the uh, COO called me and said, uh, we actually can't seem to manufacture the product. We can't get it right Uh, dig in a little deeper and it turns out that um, previous leadership groups of this same product had told the primary owner that they couldn't the science did not actually support being able to manufacture the device and that had never been told to our executive team oops oops (laughs) and so there had always been a hope that this device would work but that had never been tested against science and so we literally generated significant demand, uh, significant use cases, billion-dollar markets for something so far science has not actually proven will work. <laughs> so, but there was a both matter. Hope. <laughs> hope, hope, preliminary was, reality hope looked was there. good. Not really. Yeah. <laughs> now that we now that we see what actually happened, no, there was a lot. There was a lot of hiding of information because people were afraid of the truth. Yeah. So. Yeah. Now, if, if I were coaching you, and we, we could do that right now if, if, if you need me to. Sure, go for it. But, uh, it's very painful. I have found that sometimes when things do go south, yeah, it stinks. It, it could have been so amazing. Yeah. But what at least allows me to move forward is, okay, well, what didn't work? What, what could you have learned in terms of testing of numbers and figuring things out? Uh, what's a question you should have asked maybe six months ago or mm-hmm. 12 months ago? Hindsight being twenty twenty. Yeah, I think it's hard because so many times it's hard to say what I should have asked because I think, you know, you have to, and depending on your role, you have to trust other people in an organization that they're mm-hmm. telling you the truth, right, to some degree. And, and and I think the hard part about some of these things is that's where reality is, is sort of can be 
shifting sands, right, in the business world, right, which is tricky. And so I think you have to kind of always be testing and asking questions and trying to understand reality. But then at the end of the day, you kind of take people through their word and do your best you can. And then, um, unfortunately, you know, not be surprised when you're surprised. Yeah. <laughs> right. Cause the people maybe were not as open or as honest as you might've hoped. Well, and this is where is from a faith perspective, I do all the work. I do all the analysis, figure things out. And then I pray a whole lot because mm-hmm. at, at if it was a shoe in, you put your money in bonds and it would go up at one to 3% interest every single year. And that's all you'd get. But you then have to give it a whirl. Mm-hmm. Is this going to work? A uh, number of years ago, it was like seven or eight years. And my primary business is uh, durable medical equipment. And in other words, I sell wheelchairs. A number of years ago, Medicare dropped the reimbursement rate for wheelchairs. And everyone in our industry had a conniption. They're like, we cannot survive off what they're paying. Mm-hmm. Could not do it. And I spent many a nights up late at night and came up with the idea. Actually, I think we can make this happen. Hmm. And came up with the idea, we can make this happen if one thing is true, and I had the idea, if people pick the wheelchairs up. In our, and you have to understand, seven years ago, in our industry, if you ever got a wheelchair, it was always delivered to your house. Hmm. And everyone was going out of business because you had to do it this one way. I'm like, well, if people come to us, mm-hmm. we could actually make this work. Now, when we started this, we weren't doing any business, but I looked ahead at the reality and mm-hmm. like they cannot keep providing that widget mm-hmm. wheelchair and deliver it to everyone's house because it takes so much time and effort and this and this and this. And as my competitors won out of business, we were the last one staying standing. Why? Because we didn't extend ourselves. And then people started like, I need a wheelchair. Can you deliver it? Unfortunately, uh, we can get it out there in four to six weeks or you can pick it up today. Guess what they did? Mm-hmm. They drove in, they picked it up, yep. and but that was a reality. As an entrepreneur, you you have to take a risk, and yeah. you know, that was a big thing. People said you're crazy. Well, I was also one of those things. It was either go out of business, I could run the numbers. You have to eventually take a guess and say, okay, what does this look like with this product? And that's an old, that's not an invented product, but for us, it was a old product with a new way of doing business in our industry. That's right. Well, and I think that's where reality meets risk and opportunity, Mm -hmm. right, is you've got to be ruthless about the data that you look for and what you look at. But sooner or later, you've got to also make a decision recognizing you're never going to know it all, Mm -mm. right? And so I think there's, we talk about this a lot, obviously in our podcast, I think, but the both and the reality of you got to find out what you can know, do your best, do your duty. We talked mm-hmm. about that the last time, right? And then trust in the fact that you're going to have to take a risk and you're going to have to, you know, let happen what's going to happen, right? And so you got to do both as well as you can. And then when you when you learn from something, you always want to look back and say, well, did I do all the duty I could have? Did I actually look at the reality the way I should have? Um, and more importantly, and maybe this is something we can talk about, but I think the other thing we have to be prepared to do is not just look at reality, but then also be prepared to shift when reality changes on us. 
Oh, yeah. Right? Not that the reality changed, but our understanding of it did, right? And I've learned more and more in my career how better to do that, right? When there's a shift in your, your understanding, like, oh, I don't know, a pandemic hits and everything about your business model might change, like I could talk about with a few of my clients. Um, <clears throat> how do you absorb that shift, rapid shift in your assumptions such that you then pivot your business model and meet the needs of the customers. Right? And you just talked about that, which is well, great. And, and for us, it's about flexibility. Mm-hmm. You, you know, whether it's shifting or pivoting, mm-hmm. it's you have to be able to be flexible mm-hmm. or humble. I think it's or a little, yeah, yeah, that's another word for it. I think because I mean, th- there comes a point where um, I'll use a running analogy because it's very very simple. But some of the best runners I've had, they'll have a bad race or a bad performance. There's nothing wrong getting mad about a negative performance. I tell my runners 24 hours. And at the end of 24 hours, you better get over that and start training and moving forward. And you see this with businesses or if something's happened, yeah, get mad for 24 hours. But after that, we've got to move on. Oops, Mm -hmm. made a mistake. Or next time I'll train a little differently. I'll prepare a little differently. What could I do? Yeah. And then there's that flexibility with that. You know, you have reality. How do you integrate that reality? And then how do you move on from that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think the why behind all this, right, is that the, the the opposite of this is either you don't see reality and so your business fails mm-hmm. or you don't accept the new reality and your business fails, mm-hmm. right? Your family falls apart. Your community kind of breaks into pieces because we've got, you know, in, in our current culture right where people are just sort of fighting with everybody that's just going to get worse and worse and worse i mean there's all sorts of different ramifications of not learning to listen to other people take inputs consider what's happening right from a business perspective or a cultural perspective or family perspective um and i think that you know we have to be ready to to shift right and Mm -hmm. and just constantly testing but reality and shifting the best entrepreneurs are some people who deny reality and when i say mm-hmm. reality conceived perceived reality right because you'll see great great businesses will say well it's always been done that way well it takes one guy to say well i think actually the reality is over here yeah and they'll do it yeah and you'll be like oh everyone else could not conceive of renting a movie, not going to the video store. Yeah. Long gone because someone else conceived of a different reality that worked. And so that's where it's really cool when you think about it. Yeah. Well, when you leverage technology and insight and innovation, which I've worked with a lot of companies to do, you, know, you begin to understand, you know, again, it's about understanding your customer. Mm-hmm. It's understanding the people and what's the process to deliver that, right? It's not, I think at least in healthcare, there's been a lot of failures of, folks in with technology backgrounds who have tried to do what you just said of like, Oh no, the reality is over here. And this is how technology is going to fix healthcare. Well, I could line up a whole slew of Google and Amazon and other brand name folks who failed at healthcare oh, yeah. because they have fa- they, they have failed to understand the people in the process they've led with technology. And I think that that's where I think it, ultimately the people who really understand new business models, understand the customer, and the, the money flow and the value story in ways that are really, really unique. It's not that they have some whiz-bang technology. It's that they really understand who the customer is and how to deliver that value in the changing landscape. Yeah. And I, I love what you said there. And the cool thing about innovation is a lot of times, sometimes it is inventing something new. 
mm-hmm. but a lot of times it's taking something that has already existed oh, yeah. and doing nothing more than changing the delivery method mm-hmm. or changing the way it's framed and then it takes off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which is, yeah, so what's the reality? And we could talk over and over of examples of a new new company after new company. What What does that look like? Yeah, well, and that goes back to some of our previous podcasts around, I think, referencing Ecclesiastes. Like, there's nothing new under the sun. No. Right? You see, you see these new ideas come out, and you go, how did I not think of that? It's so obvious, right? Sometimes it's about finding just a really thin, almost uh, almost silly thin layer of value that no one has touched, uh, which I got another idea for you later, by the way, um, <laughs> and delivering that value in a really unique way, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just just incredible. Um so maybe let's let's finish up here. I think um, you know how can how in your mind can our listeners try to think about reality differently to help them continue to stay ahead and succeed in the business world that they're in. One of the things that I'll do from well, I'll speak from the coaching perspective is we play out the scenarios. Literally, mm-hmm. how does that feel? Mm-hmm. What, what, what does that look like, and what's going to happen? on the best case scenario, on the worst case scenario. And then what I will see from a coaching perspective, certain things will get tied in with the business or product. I'll give you, for example, my ego. So even though I came up with this idea and I put all this into it and it's not working, Mm -hmm. just because it didn't work doesn't mean that I'm necessarily a failure. The idea was a failure, what I tried to do, or even if it won, that was a great idea. We are who we are. And so from a coaching perspective, it's understanding that we are as, um, it, it doesn't necessarily make Josh or Eric better or worse as a person. We're created by God. And this is why, he, you know, the testing, you may discern what the will of God is. Um, so from a consulting perspective, how, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, there's really two things that I always advise my clients to do. It's first is just continually test the data you're using. What inputs are you using? What news channels are you looking at, mm-hmm. either for TV or articles? Or I mean, like, what are the places you go for the data to drive your business decisions? Whether that's and there's a bunch of ways to do that, right? So that, think carefully about how decisions are being made, how you're, what inputs you're using, and what are you doing to continually adjust your compass half a degree here, degree there, like just to stay on course. I think that's the first thing. I think the other thing that you alluded to this is what I talk, you know, the, the transcendent values of your life, right? Who are your family? Who's your family? Mm-hmm. What did you grow up in? What's your culture? What are your blind spots potentially? You know, we're white middle-aged American men, right? That gives us yeah. a particular view on the world that isn't completely correct, right? There's reality and blinders that we just don't fully comprehend. And we know that, and we try to adjust for that where we can, um, but there's also transcendent values that guide our identity, guide our families, guide the way we look at things such that, yeah, if you have a bad idea that doesn't work, okay, I can still sleep tonight. Yeah. Like it's a bummer. You know, you might've lost a little money or time or whatever, trying to make it happen. And that stinks. It's not certainly, you know, something you just move on without mourning a little bit, learning from it, but you don't let it affect who you are, mm-hmm. right? At a fundamental level. So I think there's, those are the two areas of what, consider your inputs, and understand who you are and, and, and think by and, and not letting the reality of who you are be changed by the business shifts because that that is you know like another bible passage the shifting sands right like where are you building your house right oh, absolutely. and um and so that's another i think key way to think about how to stay grounded mm-hmm. 
And I love that. Excellent. <laughs> cool. What do we have up next week? Next week, oh, um, well, we b- before the podcast, we, do we call it boundaries or separation? There's, you know, yeah. what does that look like in business? Proper boundaries uh, in the workforce with clients, mm-hmm. um, amongst teams, or whether you want to call it separation. What is proper? Yeah. And I have, I have some real big wins, and I have, I'm, I have a lot of horror stories as well mm-hmm. too. When boundaries aren't done properly, yeah. Um, things can get really, really messy um, on both sides. Well, especially in this technology-driven remote work, you know, 24-7 news cycle, there are things vying for our hearts and our minds Mm -hmm. and our time and our treasure every minute of the day. And so how do we set proper, healthy boundaries as leaders, as as people of family, people of faith, you know, and we'll get into that next week. Cool. Excellent. So to go from reality to boundaries, and then we we went along the way, eh? Awesome. So we're good. Well, everyone have a great week, and we'll uh, talk to you again soon. Sounds good. All right. Thank you. Hey, and thanks for listening to another episode of the Consultant and the Coach podcast. Hey, if you want to hear more, listen more, learn more, go to theconsultantandthecoach.com. Check out Josh's latest blog, or shoot us an email or give us a call. We would love to help you succeed in your business.